You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. From the Dark Ages comes one of the greatest stories in history. Arthur was the leader of the Britons. His tale is the cornerstone of British mythology. The question is, is he actually down there somewhere? But was the legendary King Arthur a real man? This is incredible. It almost looks like a structure beneath it. Really slick in here. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This is where the actual event happened. We're talking about a very different King Arthur. King Arthur is the ultimate knight in shining armor. Raised by the wizard Merlin, he lifted a magical sword from a stone to become king. In his court at Camelot, he formed a society of noble soldiers known as the Knights of the Round Table. Along with the brave Galahad and Lancelot, Arthur united the Britons to defeat an army of invaders. His story is a fairy tale. Or is it? What if everything you think you know about King Arthur is dead wrong? Archaeologists and historians across Great Britain are making discoveries that could prove the existence of a flesh-and-blood king. In a ruined castle on the coast of England, a mysterious inscription could verify Arthur's birthplace. In pitch-black caves in the country of Wales, explorers may be closing in on his long-lost remains. And to the north, one historian believes that Arthur wasn't a king at all, but something else entirely. My mission is to examine the newest evidence across Great Britain and to lift the veil on one of the greatest mysteries of all time. Was King Arthur real? And if so, who was he? My name is Josh Gates. With a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration, my travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. This is Expedition Unknown. Welcome to England. You might be wondering what I'm doing in the freezing waters of the North Atlantic. Actually, right about now I'm wondering the same thing. 
I'm here to begin my quest for the truth behind the legend of King Arthur. Along these cliffs is a place known as Tintagel Castle. And this is the birthplace of the King Arthur legend. So this is what's known as Merlin's Cave. It's a sea cave, and in the next few hours, it'll be mostly underwater. It connects the ocean to Tintagel Castle above. This is where the baby King Arthur first meets the wizard Merlin. But the question has always been, is this story true or is it a fairy tale? Well, there's been an archeological discovery in the castle above that may settle the question once and for all. The fortress is too new to be Arthur's. It was built by the Earl of Cornwall in the 13th century, but there may be evidence here that predates the castle. Archaeologist Wynne Scott has been studying these ruins for years. First of all, this is a dramatic place. It is. It's just, I think, the most spectacular place in the whole of Britain, actually, to put a castle. This site is strongly associated with the Arthur legend. Yeah, this is where he was supposed to be conceived. It's probably because of that that Richard Earl of Cornwall decides to build this castle. So, in a way, it's a commemoration of that legend. But to understand that legend, we need to place it in history. Today, the island of Great Britain is comprised of England, Scotland, and Wales. 2,000 years ago, however, this was Britannia, the far-flung edge of the Roman Empire. But by the 5th century AD, the Romans abandoned the island. Almost overnight, civilization crashes and the Dark Ages begin. Invaders from all sides seize the opportunity to conquer. Irish from the west, Picts from the north, and from the east, the most dangerous of all, the Saxons. According to legend, a warrior king named Arthur emerges from amidst the chaos to defend the Britons against the invading horde. So the story of Arthur is really, Arthur was the leader of the Britons. Right. And so he galvanized all these people to fight these pesky Saxons coming right. in. So if Arthur was a real man, we're talking about someone who would have been alive in the well, 6th century? 6th century, yeah. Yeah, Some, somewhere 5th, 6th century, something right. like that. If that's the case, though, Arthur's home is in the Dark Ages. Forget images of a stately king and an imposing stone castle, or knights in shining armor, or the Crusades, or the quest for the Holy Grail. None of that stuff shows up until hundreds of years later in the medieval era, which is when romantic writers started spinning tales about Arthur. Really, 5th, 6th century, we're talking about a very different King Arthur. Very, very different. They aren't what we imagine to be medieval knights, unfortunately. Right. He wouldn't have all that age of chivalry, medieval armor, looking right. absolutely fantastic on his horse and everything. I think he would have looked much more like a Roman soldier. So the question is, if the castle is from the 13th century, but Arthur was back in the 5th, 6th century, was there something here before this castle? Could there be anything to the legend that originally this was the place he was born? Well, yeah, some th amazing things seem to have been happening here in the 6th century. Beneath the 13th century ruins, there is evidence of older structures, most of which still remain totally unexcavated. In fact, there are tens, possibly hundreds of these covering the island. So at some stage, there was some kind of major settlement here. And recently, we've made a really special find, really rare, an inscription. Really? Well, that's incredible. But here is the most important bit. A R T O. G, N, O, V, or U, 
So Artognu, this is known as the Artognu inscription. And that got re everybody really excited when yeah. they saw the art. Is, uh, is this Arthur? So right. if this is a personal name, it may well refer to him. So, and it's of the right period. And to potentially be linked to Arthur himself, I mean, everybody was really excited. Now we've got writing actually connecting us to that period. So the Dark Ages aren't quite so dark as they were. Right. The discovery is far from conclusive, but it does show that a historical King Arthur could have been born here in Tintagel. And today, the tiny village isn't exactly shy about making the connection. In the legend, Arthur becomes king by pulling the famous sword from the stone. Here's my chance to finally get the respect I deserve. I was meant to be king. I got it. Just gotta get under it, I think. Come on, please, please. Come on, you son of a... Please, I want to be king. Okay, somebody get me a saw. And of course, the locals are happy to make a pound or two off their hometown hero. I haven't yet found King Arthur, but I did find another medieval ruler. Come on. It says medieval and it's a ruler. That's... nobody? Here it is, the legendary sword Excalibur and its ancient inscription, made in China. Potential choking hazard not for children under three. But what does it mean? It's clear Arthur is alive and well in the retail sector, but in order to get to the bottom of whether he was a flesh-and-blood hero, I need to hit the road. I'm very proud of the fact that I'm half English. My mother uh, was born here, my parents met here, my grandmother still lives here. This is a place that I have a real attachment to. My mom would read me the Arthur stories when I was a kid, and I always loved that story, and I always saw Arthur in the way I guess we all do, which is that kind of medieval chivalrous knight in shining armor. But I'm quickly realizing that all of that bears little resemblance to who Arthur would have been. From Cornwall in southwest England, I'm driving 120 miles to Glastonbury Abbey, or what's left of it. This is Glastonbury Abbey. Today it's really just a skeleton of what was one of the richest and most powerful monasteries in all of England. And in the very late 12th century, the monks here claimed to make an incredible discovery. They claimed to find the bones of King Arthur and his wife, Guinevere. In the 12th century, King Arthur was already a celebrity. So the discovery of his grave turned Glastonbury into a medieval tourist attraction. The monks claimed to discover two skeletons in a coffin and a cross identifying them as Arthur and Guinevere. There's just one problem. It's almost certainly a hoax. After all, the monastery had just suffered a major fire and was on hard times. The monks' suspiciously well-timed discovery of Arthur's bones ensured they'd have all the donations they needed to rebuild. And as for the so-called Glastonbury Cross, it was lost to history. Okay, so the grave might be a bust, but I've got a recent lead on a place where the real King Arthur might actually be buried. It almost looks like a structure beneath it. Oh, what is that right there? Yeah. Oh my God, look at this. That's amazing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. 
Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In England, my search for a flesh and blood King Arthur has taken me from his legendary birthplace in Tintagel to a historic dead end at his supposed grave in Glastonbury. However, to the west, there's a group of explorers who might be on the verge of discovering where the real King Arthur was laid to rest. To join them, I'm back in the car and driving across the border into the country of Wales to a spot known as Dinas Rock. The Welsh people have always had an uneasy relationship with their English neighbors, since being conquered by them in the 11th century. But in Arthur's time, there was no England. This was all part of Britannia. Today, the Welsh people are the closest genetic link to the original settlers of Britain. A Welsh monk named Nennius also provided the earliest written account of Arthur's story, and many of the names from those tales are Welsh in origin. All versions of the Arthur legend have him mortally wounded in battle at the hands of the villainous Mordred. But then things get murky. In English lore, Arthur goes to the mysterious island of Avalon, But in Wales, it's believed the wizard Merlin preserved the Knights of the Round Table in a cave under a mountain, and those caves may well have been found. I pull off the road to meet with cavers Gary Evans and Andy Freem, who spend more time underground than anyone you'd want to meet. You guys look like you mean business. We're ready. (laughs) We're ready to go. Gary and Andy have been exploring the underside of Wales for years, and they may be closing in on the legendary location of Arthur's remains. It says that Arthur and his knights are still sleeping underground below a place called Craigadinos Dinas Rock, and Arthur remains there waiting to be called. In theory. In theory. The question is, is he actually down there somewhere? (laughs) There is an enormous amount of hidden world underneath us. I can't wait to see it. Let's get suited up. Okay, Okay, good. Let's do it. Come on, lead on. I'm going to go this way. 
My companions and I get ready for the adventure ahead. Let's cave. Let's cave. We trek to the cave entrance near Dinas Rock, where the knights are said to lie sleeping. In realistic terms, what we're looking for is a tomb. So this is the entrance to the cave. And another caver. And another caver, which is Antonia, my Hi. wife. Very nice to meet you. going to join us today. Oh, so this is the entrance to the cave. Very discreet entrance. Uh, yes, it is. It's a man-made entrance. It was found from the inside. Wow. Uh, originally, it took about eight hours to get to the cave passage, which is behind the entrance. This doorway was dug out by cavers. It's a massive shortcut that bypasses miles of tunnels and gets us closer to unexplored sections of the cave. Enter the dark. So what is down there? That's what we're going to find out, if you like. Andy, is this a bad time to tell you that I'm claustrophobic? Yeah, slightly. <laughs> I guess I'm committed now. <laughs> yeah, I think you could be. Okay, here we go. The caves are pitch black, and to the untrained eye, look like a subterranean temple. This is absolutely amazing. It's a fantastic passage. <sighs> loads and loads of beautiful formations. In terms of the legend of Arthur's resting place, does... Does it tell us specifically what the cave looks like or what the conditions are? Are there any clues? Well, it's interesting because this is where Merlin comes back into the legend and the legend says that um, you know, he put the knights and Arthur to sleep and then he obscured the entrance so no one would find it. So you know, that means that we really know nothing about where exactly it is, what it looks like. Archaeologically, what's been discovered down here so far? But near the entrances, there are some enticing uh, finds with the body of a man curled up in the corner we don't know its age, um, and it was probably something in the region of medieval. At another entrance was the skull of a horse. Now, it's very unusual to see that. No indication it was Arthur down here? Not at all. Still looking for that. Well, it'd be nice if we could. All right, well, <laughs> on we go. Indeed. We carry on into the darkness. Tight fit. That's it. One hour turns to two, and two turns to four. I'm totally unsure how deep we are, but the really unnerving part is that there's more than 50 miles of tunnels down here. Good you all right there, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, doing great. Woohoo, hang on there. Whoa, 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 whoa. There? Hole Holy in the floor. That just drops straight <laughs> down. How deep is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know how far down that is. Okay, so what's the move now? So, we have a choice. Um, we could descend this by rope. Uh, or we can go to the rope. pub. We can go to the surface go and get a drink. Or we can go back, exactly. Tough choice. Okay. Let's do it. We prepare to rappel down the cliff, which means lots of clips and harnesses to make sure that I don't make the trip at terminal velocity. All right, Andy, you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Let me know if you find King Arthur down there. Down, 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 down. Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. Really slick in here. Oh, got it. Very slippery. That's it. Your gun is out. There you are. Okay, I'm down. Okay, slack now. Back on solid footing, we resume our search for the burial site. Okay, let's see what's down here. We climb and crawl through chamber after chamber, hoping for any sign of human presence. Look at this place. This is crazy. Oops. 
Oh, it's, it's wet. I'm sure this water is going to be warm. Oh, come on. Good Lord. Oh, and there it is. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. This is horrible. Okay, this is a crawl through. This is crazy. This is crazy. A long way up, Josh. Whew, you're not kidding. Finally, the tight passages open up and we push into a cavern so massive, our lights are unable to illuminate the other side. This is incredible. Look at the size of this room. How cool is this? This is big, isn't it? Woo! And it's just a chaos of boulders on the floor. It's just an incredible hallway. Passages going off in that direction, that way, that way, and behind us as well. Yeah, there's one down here. All told, there's how many miles of tunnels down here? 50 miles. 50 miles, that's been mapped. Yeah, that's all yeah, been yeah. mapped, and that's, you know, at least that, that's it's around that. Imagine in the UK finding and walking into a passage where it is absolutely certain that nobody knew it was there, and you find places like this. It's possible that a chamber which has got important archaeological deposits could be found. We know that there are undiscovered caves. We can tell that they're there from where the water goes and where it reappears. And that's yeah. why the myth can be there. That's amazing stuff. So no, no sign of King Arthur down here yet. We had a good look, though. But we had a good look. We've done a lot today, and I think we can't go any further than we, we've been today. We've got a long journey back now. Here we go. This way. After seven hours underground, I've come face to face with a seldom seen world, but there's been no sign of Arthur. However, with hundreds of miles of unexplored caves in Wales, I leave knowing there's much more to discover here. Fortunately, this isn't my last stop on the hunt for King Arthur. I cross back into England, where the countryside is vast, yet the roads are never straight. If you ever want to know what it's like to drive in England, just pull your car into the street and then drive it in circles. They love roundabouts here. They'll put a roundabout in a roundabout. They're just, that's just with you. They love it. They love to have you drive in circles. Oh look, another roundabout. Dizzy but determined, I spin off the roundabouts into the city of Leicester to get a glimpse of another inspiring archeological find. Just recently, another of England's most illustrious kings was laid to rest. This is Richard III's new crypt in Leicester Cathedral. After being missing for 400 years, the body of this real-life Shakespearean villain was discovered under a parking lot about 50 yards from here. Richard III, a legendary English king who doubled as a literary figure and was thought to be lost forever. Sound familiar? If Richard could be found after hundreds of years, then why not King Arthur? And as it turns out, there's a hot new lead in the case. The first thing almost anyone thinks about when they think about King Arthur is the story of the sword and the stone. This is where the actual event happened. I hop a train north to explore a radical new theory in the most unlikely of places. Along the way, we pass Hadrian's Wall, the former northern frontier of the Roman Empire. Beyond this point is a land that was once thought to be too wild to be tamed by civilization. Scotland the most fiercely independent region of Great Britain, a rugged landscape for a rugged people. 
I cross the border and pull into the Scottish capital of Edinburgh. I'm here to explore new findings that may completely change how we think of King Arthur. And lucky for me, I get to do it in one of my absolute favorite places. I am unabashedly head over heels in love with Edinburgh. And why wouldn't you be? From its maze of cobblestone streets to its soaring castle, this city has a mythic quality. This is the place that gave birth to the authors of Harry Potter and Peter Pan. So perhaps it is no surprise that the legendary King Arthur is also alive and well in Scotland. This city is the perfect combination of smart and boozy. Based on the real estate, I'd swear that every citizen is required by law to run their own pub. And where there's pubs, there's grub. How are you? Hi, I'm from out of town, you might have guessed. You'll probably be looking for a haggis. Haggis, yeah, mate, let's do it. And walk me through the ingredients here again. The ingredients. We are looking at... Nine times out of ten, haggis will be made through sheepskin. Sheep so it's sheep scuts, it's blood, it's wheat and oats, all sort of mixed in it. You are selling it now, it is. I'm selling it, yes. And do I hit it with the gravy? It's a whiskey sauce. Here we go. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's great. This is now my home. I'm gonna have my mail delivered here, and um, I'm never leaving this bar. I love this country. Now that I've had my fill of sheep lung, I'm starting to feel like a local. But there's one thing left to do if I truly want to understand the Scottish experience. And I've got just enough whiskey in me to try it. Looks good. What do you think? Yeah, it looks fantastic. And what am I supposed to be wearing under the kilt? Nothing. Oh, well, then I'm doing it right. Time to take this thing for a test drive and see how she handles. This is very weird. I gotta tell you, below the waist right now, I feel liberated. Things are breathing and moving. This is incredible. I am never wearing underwear again. Okay, time to put my skirt away and get back to work. Scotland and King Arthur don't seem like they go together, but this legend is everywhere here. Above Edinburgh, there's even a craggy rock known as Arthur's Seat, a commanding vantage point that looks down over the sprawling capital. But the newest developments in the search for Arthur are unfolding to the west. New country, new car. I'm driving west, bound for one of Scotland's mightiest castles. So this is Stirling Castle, pretty dramatic spot. You've got this fortress that's perched hundreds of feet up off the ground here in Scotland, and it might seem like a strange place to look for King Arthur, but a recent discovery here might actually prove his existence. This valley has a long history that's soaked with blood. Nearby, Braveheart William Wallace made his heroic stand for independence, and Stirling was once the most powerful fortress in the country. It was said that whoever controlled Stirling controlled Scotland. As the steward of this castle, Brian Gibson has a unique grasp of the history here. The structure that's here right now is from what year? Well, most of the buildings are 15th, 16th century, but there's been a castle here on the rock, we're sure, for thousands of years. To me, it seems amazing to be up here in Scotland and be talking about King Arthur, but there is some connection to King Arthur at this castle, right? Yes, directly below us here, we have the King's Knot, as it's known. It almost looks like a structure beneath it. Yes. Ah. And so what exactly is it? I mean, what, what, what makes up that structure? Well, it was laid out as this very ornate garden, but around something that was already existing on the site. The centerpiece of the King's Knot is regarded in legend as being the table round, the round table of King Arthur and his knights. Something here is clearly round, but whether it's a table or not, we don't know. 
Scientists Stephen Digney and Richard Jones have been trying to get a look under the grass here for years, and Colin Tickle and his partner Jill have brought along the key to making that happen. So you're mowing the lawn? Yeah, expensively. <laughs> expensively. What is this thing? It's a ground-penetrating radar. Ground-penetrating radar is a cutting-edge way of peering beneath the earth without ever picking up a shovel. Using radar pulses, the machine detects if the soil below has been disturbed at any point in the last 10,000 years, which in turn can lead to hidden archaeological relics. Can we see the, uh, see the device in action? You can push it by all yeah. means. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's, you've made a terrible mistake, sir. I'm gonna, I promise you I'll break this. <laughs> I've been, I've been pushing it all day, so it's your turn. <laughs> About this speed? Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Yeah, nice and straight. It really is giving us a, a sort of cross-section view? Correct, yes. yes. Uh -huh. So the, the, the transmitted signals are going down into the ground like uh -huh. this. With each pass over the King's Knot, the radar begins to paint a subterranean picture. Oh, what is that right there? Oh, oh my God, that. look at this. That's, look at that's that! That's very good. That's amazing. That's very cool. That's really good. It's very, very clear, yeah. very strong. This machine is, is sort of a tease, though, right? Because you find these amazing yeah. things on yeah. it, and now you, yeah. you want to know, how, so how deep down is that? That's about uh, 1.2 meters. Four feet yeah, down. Yeah. But it is possible that it is an object of some kind. Yes. yes. It, no, it is an object of some description. It's, it's an object or a ground disturbance. So there's been something laid there at some, at some position. The GPR display tells us there's a clear ground disturbance right below our feet, but this site is protected by Scottish heritage. Could it be evidence of Arthur? The current thinking is that the grounds were used for jousting tournaments designed to honor King Arthur in medieval times. But why were they built here? Was this a place where a real Arthur once sat? It'll take time to get answers, but something is here. Well, it's just so amazing to know that there is history and there's archeology span Four feet underneath us. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's it's exciting stuff, really. Thank you guys so okay. much for your help, Richard. <laughs> right, I really appreciate right, it. Right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys you. so much. Good Great luck to meet you. Travels. Cheers. Bye, Thanks. Bro. With the GPR image from Sterling fresh in my mind, the once laughable idea that King Arthur could have been Scottish is suddenly very tangible. I steer west into the highlands. As the ground rises, the cities I pass become villages, and the villages come farther and farther apart. It's up here in one of the more remote areas of Scotland, at the ruins of a pre-medieval fort called Dunod, that I'm meeting Adam Ardry. Good to see you. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Lead on. Hey, let's go. Adam is a Scottish lawyer, judge, and author devoted to studying the King Arthur legend. He has a new theory that is turning the prevailing scholarship about the king on its ear. Oh, my Lord. No matter how many times I come up here, I never cease to be amazed at just how beautiful the view from almost the top of Danad is. Orient me a little bit. What are we standing on here? We are standing on the hill fort of Danad. It's been the capital of the Scots the kingdom for 1,500 years. So how do we link this site to the legend of King Arthur? The one thing that this area has that no other place has is an Arthur. There was a Scots man, an historical character called Arthur Mac. Eden. And so you think that he is the basis for what we've come to know as the legend of King Arthur? Yes, I think he's the historical foundation upon which the legend was built. So we're talking about the 6th century? Late 6th century, Late 6th yes. century. And this fortress that's here, was this a Christian fortress? No, this was most certainly not a Christian fortress. This would be what you would call pre-Christian, or I would call it the old way of the Druids. 
Are you saying that Arthur was Celtic? Oh yes, Arthur was most certainly Celtic. And not Christian? He was not a Christian man. He was a follower of the old way of the Druids. To me, this is mind-melting. This king, virtually synonymous with the Holy Grail and the Crusades, was a pagan warrior. Since Christianity wasn't widespread in Arthur's time, it actually makes a lot of sense. And he did have a very un-Christian wizard as an advisor. But Adam has even more of Arthur's myth to deconstruct. The first thing almost anyone thinks about when they think about King Arthur is the story of the sword and the stone. In Arthurian legend, the magical sword placed in the stone could not be removed by any man save the true king, until a teenage Arthur drew the sword and claimed his destiny. This is where the actual event happened. No magic sword, no magic stone, uh, no legend, no myth, just the history. Lead on. This is the inauguration stone. And what happened here was a man would put his foot into the footprint, he would be given a sword to hold, and when he stepped out of the footprint holding the sword, he literally took a sword from a stone. I brought a sword up, and you might want to just do that for yourself. To put my foot in it? Put your foot in it. Okay. And you brought a sword here? Yes. Got... I like that you're traveling with a sword. Very rarely go anywhere without one, Josh. Well, that's <laughs> Scottish people for you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready? So I just put my right foot into the you footprint. You put your right foot into the footprint. You take the sword. Okay. So this is what Arthur would have done. And the very fact that you're able to put your foot into this footprint means that you have de facto control of this area. So wait, are you saying that I now control all of this? No, Josh, I'm afraid not. It doesn't that's quite how work I heard like it. that. I, I, that's how I heard it. You told me that I was the king of this area now. Remember what I was saying to you was that you're carrying out a small part of the ceremony. Listen, who's the one holding the sword here, Adam? Josh, you're the real king of this area. <laughs> <laughs> Good, there we go. I like that. You changed your tune very quickly. You've just taken a sword from a stone. I like the feel of this. Yeah? Guy could get used to this. This is one fortress. This is the ceremonial capital. There was another fortress not very far from here, and I believe there is evidence for that just over there. The, the peak over there? About a mile and a half in that direction, yes. And you think that, that Arthur's fortress was there? Yes, I do. All right, well, let's, go, let's go check it out. It does look like it's quite a ways away. So how are we getting over there? Same way Arthur did. Our journey across the Scottish Highlands allows Adam to acquaint me with other Arthurian landmarks. For example the Royal Court of Camelot. Adam, this is the River Ad? Yes. And so how does that fit into Camelot? Cam means twisted in Gaelic. Loth means a marsh. So Camelot is a marsh. Camelot was a description of where Arthur lived. It, it's funny, when we, when we think of Camelot, we think of... You think of turrets, you think of castles. Absolutely. You think of women with pointy hats and chiffon <laughs> and men in plate armor. Yes. All anachronisms, all things made up later, Josh, simply for commercial reasons. Wow. By people who were living 700 years after Arthur existed. Amazing. What has Adam all worked up is an old Royal Air Force survey of this area from the 1940s. While reviewing the photos for his research, Adam found a small fragment of stonework peeking out from the foliage. To his knowledge, no one has excavated or explained these ruins, and he thinks they could be of major significance in the search for the historic King Arthur. Well, I don't think the horses are going up that. Okay. All right, on foot from here, here we go. Looks like it opens up here. Yes, and... Uh... I think that's the summit up there. So we've got this sort of stacked stone here. 
See this, Adam? Well, it's an unusual place to have field stones high up in a hill. It does look sort of stacked, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Look at that. It's all grown over, but... No, it looks like all under here. Yeah. It might be a piece of a wall. Let's follow it up, see where Let's it goes. See where it goes. That is so cool, look at that. Looks like it runs under here. You can see the, see the shape of it still right there. Yeah. Might something. run right up here too. More of it. More of it. That's More right. of it. Every piece of moss underneath it. It seems to be a wide feature running uphill. This whole thing, yeah. Summit. Yes, for some reason. Question is, what is it? Let's walk on and see what else we can find. Oh my God, huge stones. Look at that. Perfectly flat, the very peak here. These look totally worked. They're squared off on the edges. Totally flat. It might be a foundation stone or something up here at the top. Looking out over the whole marsh. That is so cool. So anything that would have been really built up here in that era would probably have been wooden, right? Most likely on the top it would have been wooden, probably right. with a stone foundation. That's yeah. right. So what we may be seeing here is just the underside of something. It certainly looks like someone's made an awful lot of effort to make something of real substance up on the top of this hill. You know, it, it's funny, everywhere that I've looked, so many people have said to me, oh, it's just a legend. But what's really amazing to me is the more that we investigate it, the more that there seems to be real history here. Well, I think there was real history here, Josh. I think what happened was that Arthur moved from history into legend. And if one looks at the evidence, you can see that he can move from legend back into history. Someone once said, if you know the truth and you know the legend, print the legend. Why do that? Especially when the history is even more wonderful than perhaps the most wonderful story ever told. That's ah, amazing. It really is. To be able to come up here and see this is just so incredible. Now we've got to get home in the dark, though. Now we have to get home in the dark, yes. <laughs> I've searched every corner of Great Britain, from ruined castles in England to the deep caves of Wales and the vast wilderness of Scotland. And I think I finally understand King Arthur. He isn't elusive as much as omnipresent. It turns out that finding King Arthur is ridiculously easy. He's everywhere. Finding the King Arthur? Good luck. It's likely that the story is based on a real man, but time has all but swallowed his true identity. There is evidence hailing from Arthur's time period and excavations that may reveal more clues in the future. The real Arthur may have even hailed from what is now Scotland or Wales, and he may not have been a Christian king, but a Druid warrior. The legend of the once and future king is so potent because it's so pure. The most important thing about Arthur isn't where he's from, it's what he stands for. Loyalty, honesty, mercy, and valor. Values that have endured for over 1,500 years and to which we all aspire. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.